Hey everyone, and welcome to 30 Extra Lives, the podcast. I'm your host, Tom Lynch, here for 30extralives.com. Welcome to today's show, episode number six, and uh, we're going to touch on some video game stuff again. So, uh, about two weeks ago now, it was announced that the that Nintendo was canceling the NES Classic uh, in a be- bewildering move that can only mean that either they're making a new classic for Super Nintendo or they're just getting ready to release the virtual console on the Switch and they don't want people buying it for probably cheaper in the Nintendo Classic. And of course, rumors immediately showed up out of Eurogamer that a Super Nintendo Classic is in the works. So with that in mind, the uh, the Super Nintendo is a, uh, a console that is near and dear to me. Um, I had the NES, but it really wasn't until the Super Nintendo when games really got into me, uh, or I really got into games, whichever way you want to... Uh, direct the inness of this relationship but super nintendo is when i i really started to see games in a different way and and want to interact with them on another level and uh and as a result and probably part of that is my age um but as a result the the super nintendo is, is kind of kind of my favorite console i think i'm gonna say um if not my favorite, it's definitely up there. Uh, the PS1 also holds a special place for me. But we're not here to talk about PlayStation. We're here to talk about Nintendo of the Super Variety. So we are going to run down the top 10 Super Nintendo games that need to be in the Super Nintendo Classic. So here's our new feature, Tom's Top 10. And the theme song would go here if I had thought ahead and commissioned... A theme song. I did not. So here we go. Coming at number 10, NHLPA 93 is a, is a great, great hockey game. It's really the the first hockey game that I played in and kind of got into. And, uh, and there's a flyer on the cover of the game. It's like the right shoulder of Rod Brindamore, but he's there. He's there. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, to me, the NHL games on Super Nintendo, and I believe they're also on Genesis, that's the beginning of kind of what would lead us to sports games as they are today. And, and I feel like that opened the door for a lot of people to get into sports that didn't previously. Um, so I was never great at, at NHL. I never owned it. Uh, my neighbor did, and we played it enough. And I always had fun. And so, you know, as a result, I kind of started watching hockey. Uh, And in a similar fashion, years later, I would play Madden and get into football. But I feel like uh, I feel like NHL was one of the first times where it's like you can see the real players, you know, and you can play a really good hockey game. It's it's fast paced. You know, you score, you hit, you get in a fight like you do everything you'd want to do in a hockey game. And uh, and not to not to talk mess on ice hockey for the NES, but. NHLPA was a huge step up. So, and along with sports, uh, keeping in that tune, number nine is F-Zero. If you want to go from actual human sports to future car battle sports, uh, F-Zero is a, a phenomenal game. Uh, I actually don't know where it lands in the Mode 7 chronology, but it used Mode 7 a ton. It looked great. 
It moved fast. That game gets really, really fast. The soundtrack is so good. So good. I still listen to the F-Zero soundtrack now and again. And it, it was just... It was really, really fun and a very different kind of racing game. And similar to NHL, you know, it, it got me... It didn't get me into cars. It didn't get me into racing. But it got me to play a game that that revolved around cars and revolved around just racing. Like, I never watched NASCAR, but... You know, F-Zero took that idea and pushed it to, you know, a a crazy extension. And, you know, that game unfortunately did not have multiplayer, which seems like it's it's the one big thing missing from that package. But, you know, me and my brother would always sit down and we'd try and do time trials and beat each other out. And and (laughs) I remember us not being particularly great at it, but we always had fun. And uh, and I think it's uh, it definitely belongs on this list number eight is a bit of a dark horse and i feel like i'm the only person in the world that knows this but looney tunes b-ball is a game that i love every time i introduce it to people they assume it's a uh it's a tie into space jam when in actuality, it came out, I believe, a few years before Space Jam. I think I found it around Space Jam time. And how many times can I say Space Jam in a sentence, Space Jam? Space Jam's an okay movie. If you've had a few and it's late, it's, the movie's like an hour and 15 minutes. You can like you can power through that thing. Anyhow, uh, Looney Tunes B-Ball is, is essentially a, a Looney Tunes up version of NBA Jam. Uh, there's a couple things missing from it. You can't block dunks. Uh, so as a result, like when you can dunk, do it. It's a guaranteed two points, uh, mostly guaranteed on occasion. The, uh, the dunker will miss and it'll bounce away similar to NBA Jam. Uh, but what made it different is that it had a, a, I believe it was called a loony mode, and there were gems on the court, and you could collect the gems and use them for power-ups. So, you know, everyone could use a, you know, a whipped cream pie. If you have the ball, it turns into a pie, you throw it in like a defender's face, and then they're basically out of the next play. Uh, you had stuff where you could turn out the lights, which turns off the screen basically to black, uh, and then obviously you know where you're going. Your opponent doesn't know where you are, so you can run in and score that way. There's a long range shot. Uh, you know NBA Jam is famous for last minute buzzer beaters, throwing it from the other end of the court, and having them go in. In Looney Tunes, it was built in as an ability you unlock and use. And uh, and the one ability that really is game breaking was a the Vegas ability, where you could turn the scoreboard into a uh, slot machine. And if you ended up landing on, you know, three gems or whatever and you hit a three-point shot, suddenly you're up 12 points and uh, the game kind of doesn't really matter. So it wasn't... <laughs> those those extra abilities weren't, like, super balanced, but but I played a lot of Looney Tunes B-Ball and I was really good at it. And it's just, it's just one of those things. Uh, you know, not many, many people know it, but I encourage you to find it. You can get it relatively cheap or, you know, for free on the internet, uh, but it's it's one of those games. I just, you know, who wouldn't who doesn't like playing as Wiley e. Coyote and Bugs Bunny on the court? So moving on, number seven 
Street Fighter 2 Turbo. Uh, there are a couple permutations of Street Fighter 2 on the Super Nintendo. Turbo, which I believe is the last one, is the one to go with. Uh, you know, have the Turbo option. Even if you don't use it, get the version of the game that has that option there. And it's just... Uh, Street Fighter 2 is is the beginning of fighting games, essentially. You know, sure they existed. There was Street Fighter 1, which is terrible if you can track that down and play that it's it's uh whoo it's a bad game but in street fighter 2 they figured something out uh the combos are what set it apart from everything else and without street fighter 2 you know we don't have mortal Kombat. we don't have so many we don't have a genre of game you know street fighter 2 really laid the groundwork and the super nintendo version is a great version of that game uh there's actually an article that came out uh, very recently about the artificial intelligence in Street Fighter 2. I encourage you to find that and track it down. But it's really interesting to see how they figured that out and and how they made the, you know, quote-unquote AI. Uh, it doesn't really learn, but it, it's interesting. So number six, one of the greatest co-op games of our time, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 4, Turtles in Time. Uh, similar, well... Everyone played that game, so not similar to Looney Tunes B-Ball, but in, in another fashion, the amount of time that I put into Turtles in Time is an amount of time I never want to actually know, uh, because that's a lot of hours of my life gone to that game. Uh, it's It really is the perfection of that beat-em-up style of the Ninja Turtles games. Uh, you know, it's a... It you know was an arcade game first. The SNES version of it was very very good. Uh, it's obviously not exact, but they got way closer than they had with Ninja Turtles two, the arcade game. Uh, and it's just it's just a fun fun game to sit down. You know you can beat that game in a half hour if you play on easy. Uh, you can beat it in forty five minutes if you play on hard. Uh, the music's pretty great. Just going around seeing all the villains. You know going through time. You know, bury my shell at wounded knee. The pirate ship where you're fighting uh, Bebop and Rocksteady. You know, turtle What is it? Prehistoric Turtlesaurus. You fight Slash. Uh, the the battle in the future where you're basically on an F Zero track, and then you're fighting Future Krang, which means that the turtles don't stop Krang. He goes to the future and becomes like a crazy super powered thing. So that's that's a crazy thing to think about. Uh, unless it's just everyone is traveling through time. Because, yeah, why would Leatherhead be on a train in the Old West? All right, never mind. Forget that timeline. Eh, forget it. No. You know what? Th- that's a cool idea. I like the idea that the turtles have failed and they have to go into through time. And I, mean, I guess that's kind of what happened. Okay, let's not get bogged down in the made-up continuity of a game that is primarily built around pressing the Y button. But Turtles in Time is great. It, it's it's one of the peaks of the beat 'em up genre, uh, and it it deserves a spot on there. So into the top five, and I have to say, ranking these top five is one of the hardest things I've done uh, in terms of like really picking a favorite child. <sighs> I'm sorry, you guys, but here we go. Okay, number five, Mega Man X. Uh, Mega Man X is the first Super Nintendo Mega Man game. It is not Mega Man 10, as as people like to to say. Uh, the last Mega Man, what was it, Mega Man 7, I think? 
Six or seven came out before Mega Man X. Ah, oh, jeez. Is Mega Man X not the first Mega Man on Super Nintendo? No, forget it. I don't need to look it up. Mega Man X is the first Super Nintendo Mega Man game. Uh, kind of reinvented the character as a... In the future, you know, Dr. Light is gone. You are finding upgrades with Dr. Light uh, holograms long before politicians used it to have a speech in, what, nine different cities that dude did? That was... Anyway... Uh, they uh, they change the bosses so instead of them being based on you know cutting things down and, and other uh, like day to day interactions uh, suddenly you know it's a a lizard and a bird and an octopus and they fit a lot of the same molds that the old Mega Man bosses did but they're just way cooler designed like kind of almost over designed a bit uh, like you know futuristic like you know spikes and stuff pointing out of them and just that game just played so well uh when you get the dash like it, it and then and you can get you know reuse hadoken is hidden in there and there and the the upgrades change the way you play through the game and change the way the levels are and as you beat certain levels it changes other levels so you know if you uh, I wish I had a better example, but it, it was something like, you know, if you beat Chill Penguin's level first, that has some effect on, you know, Decoy Octopus's level. And it's definitely not Decoy Octopus. That's a Metal Gear villain. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember what his name is. Maybe it is Decoy Octopus. Oh, no. Decoy. No. No? Anyway. Uh, they did some great things in Mega Man X that they had not done previously to, to really kind of shake it up. Like, you're still going to, you know, the eight robot bosses, and you still have your boss rush and all that stuff, but but they did really good things to kick it up. It looks amazing. Mega Man X is definitely one of my favorite Mega Man games of all time. So, moving on, number four, Mario Kart. Now, I know what you're thinking, how could you possibly have three games ahead of Mario Kart? And I will explain when we get to them. But Mario Kart, of course, makes the list. It is the beginning of the Mario Kart franchise. And honestly, until Mario Kart 8 came out, I would argue it was the best one. Uh, I know people hold the Nintendo 64 one near and dear. You know, that's where a lot of people played the most Mario Kart. I'm sorry, you're all wrong. The Super Nintendo one is vastly superior to the Nintendo 64 version. And I will fight anyone that says otherwise. Now, Mario Kart was just God, it's just a it's just a, a fun just a fun game. It's it's got a great, you know, kind of co-op versus where you can play two players through the uh, you know, what is it, the Grand Prix and and just the the cast of characters, you know, I, I believe this is the first game where you had, you know, Mario and Bowser and Peach all playing with each other. Uh, that sounded inappropriate, but it's not. They are playing go-karts together. Uh, the the power-ups are great. You know, I, I, I don't think there's a single power-up in that first game that felt overpowered. You know, you got the star if you were farther back. You know, you got the green shell if you were up front. But there wasn't anything like... You know, the blue shell didn't exist yet, which is an abomination. Um, Mario Kart, after after Super Mario Kart, Mario Kart became a game that almost punished you for being in first and punished you for being good at the game. Super Mario Kart had kind of a purity to it, where if you could get in front 
and you are a good enough player at the game, you are going to win. I feel like with the later games, and even with Mario Kart 8, which I I spent a lot of time playing, I really like that game, and I will probably eventually buy the remake on the Switch. It, it, it When you get into the higher difficulties, you fall into the issue of like, well, I hope no one has a blue shell because I'm going to get hit you know, right at the end of the race or, or something like that, and I just... There's just a... Just Super Mario Kart really is something special. Number three, Donkey Kong Country 2. Uh, why the second one? Well, the first Donkey Kong Country is very good, and the third one is also very good, but I feel like number two is the sweet spot. It expands upon what was available in Donkey Kong Country 1 by giving you a bigger world map, giving you... Uh, more variety in the gameplay because now you're playing as Dixie Kong and Diddy Kong. So you've got, you know, you've got your hover. Uh, you've got different worlds to go to. I uh, have better secrets. And I, I, I feel like it just did a better job. It, it really took what made Donkey Kong Country special and made it all the more better. Um, you know, Donkey Kong Country is a series that, you know, I... I don't know how many times I've played through all three of them, and it's something every few years I'll sit down and just be like, I'm going to play through one of them again. And I really should do that. It's been too long. Uh, but those games, they just they feel really sharp. They look great. Like, what, whatever they did with the graphics of those games, I remember. I know in, uh, in that Console Wars book, which I wish I could remember who wrote it now, but it's a, it's a great book. Gives you a lot of great insight, but there's... Towards the end, it goes into Donkey Kong Country and how it even blew Nintendo away. Like, they didn't know their system could do that. But Rare, you know, they came on and they made a great game. And it just, it plays really well. There's a really good sense of place. Uh, the music is spectacular. David Wise uh, really knocking it out of the park on every level. You know, every track fits the world. Every world looks like it fits the characters, just top to bottom design that game. It, it's really hard to find something wrong with it. Uh, so Donkey Kong Country 2 is the one that gets on there. So top two Super Nintendo games here. Oh, I kind of want to flip them around right now that I'm looking at it. This sucks. All right, this is hard. Number two, the number two Super Nintendo game of all time. Again, I don't remember if I... Announced at the beginning, but this is a definitive list. There's no debate to be had. Number two Super Nintendo game of all time, Link to the Past, Legend of Zelda. This is the first Zelda game I had ever played. Uh, and again, like other games on this list, I never owned it. But my neighbor did, and oh man, every time I went over there, I was like, hey, let's start a new game of Zelda. And I don't know, <laughs> I don't know why that became a thing, but... We always, we just always started a new game. Like, why would we ever finish it? It's so much fun to start that game, to go through the first, you know, bit of dungeon at Hyrule Castle, you know, sort of save the princess, and then to run around the world. You know, I never saw the end of that game until, you know, years later I got a copy for myself and beat it on Super Nintendo, and then it came out on the Virtual Console on the Wii, and I bought it again and beat it again, and then it came out on the Virtual Console for the Wii U, and I bought it again and I beat it again. And <laughs> the game is just so good. It's it's so it's such good world building. And and the idea 
of taking you know a light world and a dark world and having to go between them to solve puzzles uh it's a game that doesn't really hold your hand and and it does some really impressive stuff with what it lets you do and uh and it's one of those things like until breath of the wild i would have said link to the past is the best zelda game uh but it's got stiff competition and just uh link to the past is so good just going the different worlds going up the mountain going into the desert into the lost forest just everything about it is great it's hard to get lost in that game like even though they kind of open you up to everything they do a really good job of funneling you when you need to be funneled and and it's just it's so well designed all of the bosses are super fun uh the only knock i would give it is the very end of the game when you have to get those uh those arrows nothing in the game communicates that to you but i believe you can beat the game without it but now it's i know where you're supposed to go and what you're supposed to do and it's just broken it's just broken in my brain it's just burned forever like i'll never do anything else but link to the past is so good if you like zelda and you haven't played it it is 100 percent worth your time to see kind of where that series came from okay so number one super nintendo game of all time is also one of the games that came out with the system at launch super mario world uh there's no way i could have a top 10 list without mario world towards the top and it turned out it 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 hit the peak for me uh super mario world (laughs) of the games that i've played on this list you know super mario world is the one that i would finish 100 percent, delete the file and start over because it's so so fun and, and you know we had a similar thing with link to the past but we never finished link to the past but mario world i would run through i would get to the end of the game i would celebrate defeating bowser i would watch the awesome end credits man those end credits are good and and then just delete it and start over it's just it's so much fun they do such a good job of of making it a world you know you go between different areas you know the star paths are are incredible they let you know you can skip hard huge swaths of the world and and of the game and just like rush to the end and play like five levels uh you know why you would do that you know just for fun i guess because every one of those levels is so well crafted like there's hardly I, I can't think of a bad level. I can't think of any part of that game where I was like, "Ugh, I have to do this again." No, it's like, "Yeah, I get to do this again." Oh man, I'm in the forest and I'm stuck in a loop. I have to find that key. Where the hell is that key? I forget now because I'm old and it's been a long time since I played this game. But I will figure it out. And I'm sure muscle memory will take me a lot of that way. But it's uh, it it just plays so well. It it feels really sharp. You know, it's one of those games. A lot of games, you know, you'll die because. You know, you accidentally press the wrong button or you'll, it'll do something you don't want it to do. Like, that doesn't happen in Mario. Like, everything just feels so slick and so sharp and so responsive. You're not worrying about that. And, you know, they introduced, you know, new enemies uh, with the weird Goombas. Um, but really, it's it's about, you know, the Koopa Kids or Koopa Lings. Uh, I forget which one they are. But, you know, the the eight kids are the bosses of the game, you know, all very different boss battles, uh, you know, as opposed to the other games. And, uh, and it's just, Oh, I guess they existed in Mario three, didn't they? 
shoot. All right, never mind. I mean, they were already there, but they it's definitely expanded upon. Like the 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 boss battles are significantly different in Mario World, so you know, point still stands. Uh, and just just top to bottom, that game. You know, uh, you could sit me down in front of it and give me a fresh save, and I'll at least beat the first world before I get up and try and do anything else with my day. It's uh, it's just it's too good, and and it is the best game out on the Super Nintendo. So those are the ten that I feel need to be on the SNES Classic, assuming it happens. I can almost guarantee Looney Tunes B Ball is not going to be there, and odds are against Turtles in Time, depending on who owns the rights to the video games when it happens. Uh, the other ones I think are totally possible. I think it, I think they could all totally happen. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see if it actually comes out. And of course, you know the actual thing, assuming it carries after the nes classic it'll have 30 games not 10 but 30 games is a lot to run down you guys this is a 10 is already taking long enough so uh so yeah that is gonna do it today uh if you want to get at me i am on twitter at t lynch 117 don't at me about this list unless you are ready to be told how wrong you are uh, if you have any comments or questions and you want to email them to me, you send them at 30extralives at gmail.com. That's uh, the number 30extralives at gmail.com. Uh, and, uh, and of course, you know, check out the webcomic every Monday and Friday at 30extralives.com. Uh, come back here next Tuesday for next amazing edition of third extra lives the podcast and always hop over to our sister site the cat who always dies.com and check out the funny stuff there every wednesday all right everyone thanks for tuning in and i've been tom lynch and you've been awesome